Welcome to the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm here with uh, Matt today. Uh, we're coming down to it the last week in the regular season, and it's time to start taking a look um, at some of our NBA storylines, possible Sixth Man of the Year award winner, play-in tournament outcomes and playoff scenarios, along with our last NBA power rankings of the season, players of the week, upcoming games, and some other NBA news to get you caught up on the association. Stay tuned for the end of the pod where we're going to do our lightning round and make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Shots Aside and send us some ideas, questions, and talking points to our Gmail account at shotside at gmail.com. With that being said, let's jump right into some of our NBA storylines for the week. Matt? Yeah, nice to be here. Um, One big storyline in the NBA this week was Paul George returning after a 43-game absence due to, I believe it was, was it his shoulder again? Yeah, he, I think it was his shoulder. he tore something yeah. in his right shoulder. It, or actually, no, it was his right elbow, I think. Yeah, yep, yep. But is that correct? Yeah, the shoulder was so. before. And, uh, yeah. But anyways, he came back. He looked great. They, they had came back from down 25 against the Utah Jazz, and I think he had 34 points in that game, which is pretty good considering he was out for so long. Yeah, I mean, getting Paul George back is a, a huge win for the Clippers. We just, I mean, it, it'd be nice if they could get Kawhi back too, because then this team would be scary to see in the playoffs. But we saw last year with Paul George in the lineup, they made it all the way to the conference finals, so... Anything's possible. This Clippers team, I think they're in the A seed right now behind the Timberwolves. So anything's possible for them. Yeah, I don't even know if they need Kawhi now that they got Robert Covington <laughs> dropped in a 43 ball. Yeah, and your guy uh, Amir <laughs> Coffey, too, putting up 31. Yeah, the Hopkins Who was the team they played that, that night? Uh, they played the Bucks. Bucks. I think that was yeah, last with night. Middleton. Yeah, I think that was without time. Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis, so. Yeah, so basically the G League teams right, are both teams. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just looking at the box score of right. that game, though, um, so it was a pretty close game. I think the Jazz were winning pretty much the entire game until the Clippers kind of came back. I, don't, I think they were down 20 points three different times during that game. So for them to be able to come back, I think I think we talked about this too earlier. Um, I think this is their 13th win of being down might be 14th of being down by more than 13 points and then making a comeback and winning, which is the most in the NBA right now. So pretty incredible. Yeah, definitely a gritty bunch. I know one of those wins was against the Timberwolves from earlier in this year. Let's not talk about (laughs) that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the bucks, uh, Giannis put up a 40 piece on Tuesday against the, 76ers in a battle of the MVP candidates and it looks like Giannis is the one that came out on top in that one yeah it was a a pretty good game to watch I watched that game uh fully um James Harden was playing pretty well in that game Uh, I I didn't really expect him to uh do much against Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday but he, he put up 32 points it just down the stretch the 76ers offense was just out of out of flux really i mean they had i think it was 30 seconds left in the game um they foul Giannis. he makes one out of two they're down by two um they give it into Embiid. 
uh, Milwaukee decides to trap them. Uh, Embiid doesn't, nobody on the Sixers team was moving around for Embiid to give them fast. So you got Embiid double team, throws up a shot, misses it. Um, I think in the, after that one, after that play, uh, Drew Holiday went down, threw it to Brooke Lopez. Lopez threw it away. They get, Sixers got an easy bucket. Um, and then I think last play of the game, uh, Embiid got blocked by Giannis. And they called, did you watch this? So they called a jump ball. Yeah. But Giannis blocked it out of bounds. If they didn't call uh, goaltending on that play and then reviewed it, it would have been Sixers ball out of bounds. But since they had to review it and they call it a made basket to start off with, they had to, they had to go back yeah. and call it a jump ball, which basically lost the game for the Sixers. Yeah. I mean, there's no guarantee they would have hit a shot anyways, but, man, was that an incredible block by Giannis once again. Yeah, I mean, there you could make a case that Giannis could win the MVP these last four years. It's just... The stuff that he's doing is just incredible. His shots looking so much smoother. He's making jumpers from the three, you know, mid range jumpers, turn around fades like LeBron's doing. Uh, some of the stuff he's doing is just, yeah. He's going to be, I mean, once LeBron's out of the league, he's going to be probably the biggest star in the NBA. I mean, he kind of already is right now. Yeah, he's definitely one of them. He's starting to get into that area where kind of LeBron was at one point in his career where like, you could give him the MVP every season, but sometimes you want to voters mix it up just to get somebody different in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, unlike LeBron, though, like he's kind of he's had some pieces around him with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton early on in his career. So like it's it's helping him a lot more versus LeBron those Cleveland days when he was you know being dominant. He didn't really have the support cast like Giannis has. Yeah, besides the big Z. <laughs> <laughs> and Mo Williams. Mo, don't forget Mo. Yeah, I, th- I think LeBron helped uh, Zowskis get one uh, all-star appearance. <laughs> yeah, that's I, – I couldn't believe that year when when big Z won that – or got an all-star <laughs> add-in. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was pretty much just because LeBron – yeah, and they also had a pretty good record that year. So, like, I I feel like with teams, if you have a really good record, they kind of give you that second all-star, kind of like they did with the Warriors this year with Wiggins. Yeah, with all-star starter Wiggins. <laughs> still still looking for him, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see the... Must have stayed at the all-star weekend. Yeah, he he hasn't came to play this uh, after all-star break. <laughs> did you see the Thursday night game with the Clippers-Bulls? Yeah, I did actually. Um, well, actually, I was what? No, that was the night I was watching the Bucks and the Nets game first that day, and that that game went into OT with Giannis dropping another forty-four point game once again, which really uh, solidified him as one of the best in the East. The Bucks, anyways. Yeah. Um, and also that night, yeah, the Bulls played the Clippers and. Can't, I think they they were actually on the comeback this time instead of the Clippers, and DeMar dropped 50 in that game. Yeah, kind of a weird weird flip, but uh, I, I felt like the Clippers would have won that game if they played Paul George in the OT. But honestly, there was no reason for them to do that just because, you know, they're 
already cemented in the A seed and winning this game really doesn't help them. It only helps the Bulls. So I think uh I think Coach Lou was just kinda, you know, he didn't want to put any ad- added uh stress onto Paul George's um you know, he just he's coming back. This is only only was his second game, so Exactly. And I think uh Lou is a smart guy too. He kinda probably wants some of the other guy. He knows uh, that Paul George can close out games, so he probably wants some of the other guys to get more experience closing out games, some of the younger guys. Right. And a team that they'll have to play in the play-in game, uh, the Timberwolves. Um, I think you watched this game too, but uh, the Timberwolves played the Nuggets. Um, what was that? Was that yesterday? Saturday? No, I think it was Friday, Friday night. Yeah, Friday night game. Um, it really felt like a playoff intensity game between those two. Uh, I think the final score was like 130 to 136. So not, not much defense, but, uh, Jokic was, uh, he was pretty dominant in that game, um, early on. And then, um, the only difference I guess was in that game was, you know, cat played well, but he also had Ant and D'Lo to kind of, you know, help him, you know, through that where Jokic was dealing with, you know, Monte Morris had a good game, but other than that, you know, Will Barton was struggling. Uh, they couldn't really make any of their threes until later in the game when it was kind of too late. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, Gordon had a pretty good game too. Um, they had mo- pretty much most of Denver's offense is based on Jokic getting it in the middle of the paint or top of the free throw line there. And then getting one of the slashers on the back end cut into the basket. That pretty much their main offense there with their three balls not falling that game. Yeah, I feel like with Jokic though, like there's nobody in the NBA that can guard him right now. Like you, you can throw it into the you know at the elbow, the three point line. You can run the offense, throw it into the post. Like he'll bully around anybody else besides maybe Joel Embiid can guard him, but he wouldn't see in jo- Joel until the finals, which I mean, I'm not worrying about. Yeah. honestly, I don't know that anybody in the West can really match up with him besides maybe Aiton, but not like completely. Right. Uh, I still think Jokic would still kind of manhandle Aiton a little bit just cause he's a little bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is. I think Aiden can still like hold his own a little bit on the defensive end, but he's not near the offensive player Jokic is. No, no, no. Not even close. Also worth uh, mentioning about that game, um, Pat Bev had six steals, and he's been pretty vocal about his uh, case for first-team All-NBA on Twitter. All-defense? Um, so that was definitely a yeah, All-NBA defense. Huh? So that, he definitely made a good argument for his case in that game yeah i just it's it, it's tough race in the in the because you only get two teams in the all defensive nba so are, are yeah is he gonna get a lot of votes though from front office execs and media and whatnot who knows yeah and he's he's missed some games too so right right but just a, another game that i wanted to kind of get into is um we saw i know me and you watched it um watched this game but uh the 80 came back for the lakers um 
kind of a must-win game against the Pelicans uh, that they needed to kind of possibly get into the playing game. This was a huge loss for them. Um, close game down the stretch. I think CJ McCollum, 32 points, really kind of took over that game. Brandon Ingram had absolutely, I mean, he was being guarded by Stanley Johnson the whole game. So it wasn't uh, a good look for the Lakers early on, but they kind of kept it close. And then towards the end, I don't know what was happening with the Lakers offense, but, you know, I think AD took some mid-range jumpers, bricked those. Um, Westbrook got blocked on a layup. LeBron tried to take a three and it just, it seemed like the longer that game went on, the more the Lakers kind of slipped. Yeah, definitely did. It was, uh, it was an intense game though. It definitely felt like a playoff game. I think it was, uh, they were kind of trying to get used to AD being back too a little bit. Like, so they haven't had a whole lot of time together with all three of them this year. So that could have been some of their issues down the stretch there. Um, I know that LeBron had a really good 21-point third quarter, but he kind of was uh, – he rested for the first four minutes of the fourth, but he didn't do a whole ton in the fourth quarter. Yeah, three, in those last three points minutes. in the fourth. Yeah. I, and honestly, I would rather see uh, LeBron taking more shots in the fourth than, than Ross, even though – yeah, he had it going a little bit, but I mean, you can't just drive down the lane every time and expect that they're not going to try to block it. <laughs> right, right. He was making some threes, though. I think he had like three threes in that game. So his his shot was kind of working, which is kind of a weird thing to say about Russell Westbrook. But yeah, I mean, if he didn't make some of those shots, though, because that's when, you know, um, Pelicans were kind of going on these little mini runs. So the fact that he could like kind of quiet it down a little bit with LeBron on the bench, it helped a little bit. But it, it just yeah. down the stretch, Lakers just had no answer. And you know, I I was looking at LeBron the whole time. He just looked he looked gassed out there. I mean, you could tell by just a three point fourth quarter. Yeah, and rightfully so. He's been carrying this Lakers team. For quite a while now. Yeah, he's still at 30, 38 they points. Also had the, yeah, he definitely had a good game still. I think um, the Pelicans were hitting some big-time shots, too, some heavily contested shots. That, I mean, uh, Stanley Johnson was getting abused, but he was also trying his hardest and playing, I thought, pretty good defense on Brandon Ingram for the most part. Yeah, Yeah, I thought he played pretty good defense, but, I mean – if I'm the Pelicans and I'm looking at Stanley Johnson, though, I'm not I'm not scared at all to take any shot. So, and you saw it from CJ and and Brandon oh, Ingram, no. like they were just knocking yeah. down contested shots from Stanley, and not worried at all. Yeah, you could. I mean, I think I thought AD still didn't look like that right either because Joe Val was going at him too at certain points in that fourth. Yeah, I think it would have helped a little bit more if they had Dwight out there. Um, just for some paint presence. But at the same time, it kind of, I yeah. mean, Lakers. It's got no offense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of slows it down, though, for the Lakers, too. And I think they kind of wanted to pick up the pace a little bit and get some easier easier looks, um, which didn't really, didn't really happen later in the game. Another uh, 
big game from the, this weekend was uh, the game last night on Saturday. Uh, Durant scored a career high, 55 points and a loss to Atlanta, um, which was actually a huge game considering they were both tied at the time in the record. So now I believe they hold a tiebreaker over Brooklyn now too. So Brooklyn looking like they're probably going to get either the ninth or 10th seed now, which is definitely not ideal. They're, they're in the 10th so, spot right now. Yeah. With the, are, are they behind the horn sound or are they tied? Well, I think they, they're tied with record, but I think uh, Pel- or the Hornets have the uh, upper upper hand in games the, against. The yeah. tiebreaker. Yeah. That's uh, definitely not ideal for them. No. Um, Think, um, Did Kyrie have a great game? That was a tough game for them. Uh, no, to, I mean, he scored a lot of points, but I think he shot like like 10 for 30 or something like that, like something absurd. He missed at least 20 shots. Um, yeah, Ky- Kyrie didn't have it going on. Um, it was a tough game for them because Bruce Brown and uh, Drogic and Seth Curry were all out, so... And they rely on Patty Mills' zero points to help him out. That doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the games. Who's it? That was one of the games that I kind of missed. Uh, I wish I would have watched that game, but um, 55 from KD. I don't. I mean, I don't really expect anything else from yeah. him. But um, Atlanta kind of had it going on from what I saw in the spreadsheet. Um, Trey Young had a pretty good game. Uh, I think DeAndre Hunter had a pretty good game. So they had. Trey had some help, whereas KD, you know, besides Kyrie shooting a bunch of shots, didn't really, didn't really have the help to kind of close that game out. Pretty high scoring game too. Yeah, Trey definitely put the the ice on the game too. He had a big time three to put him up eight with like forty five seconds left, which pretty much ended it there. Yeah, maybe. Got it was getting chilly in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, you know Atlanta didn't look that strong you know, for three fourths of the year, maybe all the way up until now, but if they can get it going, that uh, is, this team could be pretty scary going into playoff time. If healthy, I don't know what the injury report is on John Collins or um, some of the other guys, but uh, it's look out for Atlanta. Yeah. I think Atlanta is a real matchup dependent team too. Yeah. If they run into some good, uh, good defensive teams, it could cause some problems. Especially with Trey Young. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I just want to get into some some of the quick injury uh reports that we have out. Um kind of a downer for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh they lose Mobley uh for three weeks, so they might get him back in the playoffs. We'll see. Haven't got any updates on that. Um they've been throwing out Moses Brown recently, which uh, I don't want Moses Brown as my center, especially if I'm, you know, they're still the sixth seed, right? Or are they seventh seed? Uh, yeah, I believe they're the sixth seed. Yeah. Moses Brown, just a, a double double machine, though. I know, but he, come playoff time, that's not the center I want out there, especially when you know you, you've lost Jared Allen, you've lost Mobley, um, you've lost Colin Sexton. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, I don't know if you if you saw that when they were playing the uh, Mavericks this week and Luca faked a pass and 
Moses Brown was looking the other way, and Luca just went up for the easy bucket. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Moses Brown to me. <laughs> Had him lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then just some other injuries too, injury news. Um, Jeremy Grant, Nurkic, Simons, all on the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, plus Bledsoe. Um, they're out, all out for the rest of the season. They don't got nothing to play for. I think they're just trying to lose as many games so they can get a, a high draft pick, maybe get lucky in the lottery. Who knows? Yeah, we learned uh, Dame Dollar's a buck guy too, not a titty guy. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw that on Twitter uh, at all. Yeah, I saw a little bit of it. <laughs> but that was pretty funny the blazers are definitely just playing for next year now yeah then uh, a little more news around the league the booker and tatum were named the players of the week for the 23rd week of the nba season last week both definitely had outstanding weeks and are a big part of why their teams are contenders right now in the east or east and west respective conferences Yeah, both those players are are doing great for their teams. Um, we talked about it last week with you know Devin Booker finally getting Chris Paul back. That helps a lot, um, so it can take off some of the burden for him. Uh, he's still putting up crazy numbers though, him and and Tatum. So um, both those teams are well. You got Phoenix is number one, and I think Boston Boston's lost a couple games recently, but I think I think they're still in the are they three or four right now. Um, I think they're third right now. Third. Okay, so they're... Yeah, it's, all of those are within like a game, though. Which third seed is kind of where you want to be if you want to play Cleveland, which would be a, a easier first-round matchup with some of the injuries they're dealing with. Looking at the standings, uh, Cleveland is actually looking like they're going to get the seventh seed and the Bulls are going to be the sixth. Well, Bulls are Raptors. They're fifth and sixth right now. Okay. Yeah, Raptors made a huge jump. They've been win- winning a lot of games recently. Yeah, no, um, I don't. Nobody had verified like they can't. They don't release like who has and hasn't been uh, vaccinated. But it was like, brought to my attention this week that the Boston Celtics might have some guys that are unvaccinated that wouldn't be able to play on the road if they play Toronto. So wow, that's news to definitely, me. Yeah, they definitely, they didn't know who for sure it was, but they said they played Toronto the other week in in Toronto, and that was when uh, Brown, Tatum, um, Horford, and Rob Williams, before he got hurt, were out, so they weren't sure which of those guys were unvaccinated, but they didn't even travel to Canada, so that could be some news there if uh, they end up having to play them. Yeah. I, I thought they would have. I thought we would have heard about this before before now, but um, yeah, that's concerning. If they have to play Toronto, anybody that has to play yeah, Toronto, I'm, I'm I'm thinking it's like Jalen Brown that's not vaccinated. Him and Horford, I'm pretty sure are the two. Yeah, an inside source I had for to that. Yes, but no, I just said I, I thought there was an interview earlier in the year that Tatum said he was, but. I don't know. Could be mistaken. So yeah, I think I think Tatum. Don't was. take it without a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't know if you got to see, but uh, the NBA just uh, released a new like short film kind of commercial. Uh, it's called Playoffs on NBA Lane. Um, so just for our viewers, just uh, check out this uh, this new short film. It's got some of your favorite stars, legends, broadcasters, fans. Um, some of them just to list off. Steph Curry's in it, John Morant, uh, Joel Embiid, Garland, uh, Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller, uh, Malika Andrews, um, Ernie, Stephen A. Um, definitely, uh, definitely a cool watch. It's got uh, it's just a little playoff teaser to kind of get you hyped up for uh, playoffs when they begin on April 16th. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to check it out too. Yeah. And then I just want to give a quick shout out to, um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, to the uh, Twyman Stokes teammates of the year nominees. Uh, there was 12 selected, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Jeff Green, Udonis Haslam, Drew Holiday, Andre Guadala, Jaron Jackson Jr., Kevin Love, Boban Marjanovic. Chris Paul, Fred Van Vliet, and Grant Williams. So all 12 of those players uh, have a chance to win this. Uh, I'm not sure yet when they're going to release who the winner is, probably uh, during the award ceremony, I'm guessing. Um, but a big uh, round of applause for those uh, those 12 players for the job they've done um, this year, um, getting voted by their teammates. Yeah, absolutely. It um, might not be the MVP award, but it's still a... Great award to be recognized for. Yeah, Sixth Man of the Year award. Um, so last year, Jordan Clarkson won it for the Utah Jazz. Um, I've, I've been looking at some of the um, nominees. Um, definitely Tyler Heroes at the top. You got Kelly Oubre Jr., Kevin Love. I could probably throw in Jordan Clarkson as well. Maybe Terrence Mann. Um but for me, it's it's got to be Tyler Hero. I don't think anybody else is even close. Um, even though Tyler Hero and the Heat have struggled recently, uh, I think it's still the shooting guard, shooting guard out of Kentucky f- to win this award. Uh, he's been playing by far the best. Um, his numbers as a six-man this year, 20 points, 4.8 rebounds, 3.9 assists in about 46 games. Uh, the main reason for Hero not cracking the starting lineup in this team is probably his defense efficiency. Um, it seems like lately teams are targeting him on the side, this side of the ball, uh, looking to exploit this matchup. Uh, he's still young in his career, only 22, but if the six, five, six foot five guard uh, wants to fit in with this Heat squad, he's going to have to learn to kind of take on more of that defensive uh, uh, um, part of the ball and and uh, guard some of uh, uh, these good players in the playoffs when that comes around. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd have to agree that um, Tyler Hero is definitely pretty much a lock at this point for six-man of the year. He's just putting up numbers that aren't really close to a lot of the other candidates this year. There hasn't been too many big-time six-man around the league this year. Um, another one that's worth uh, mentioning would be Kevin Love as a possible six man of the year. He's putting up 13 and seven on um, 54% efficiency field goal percentage, which is the second highest of his career. I think uh, Caleb has been a big help to this young Cavs See him off the bench, giving them some life that they had didn't really have in previous years, especially since he's buying into the role. I, I think, uh, 
either last year, I think it was last year that he was pretty frustrated that they were so bad, but yep. definitely turned the, the attitude around now that they're starting to win some games and been a big reason for that. Um, yeah. I, cause I, I mean, I remember at the beginning of the season, I think uh, there was reports that he was, the Cavs might've been looking into buying him out, but um, it was nice to see that he bought in and the Cavs have looked um, tremendous compared to last season. Yeah. And, and Kevin loves playing a lot more now with uh, some of the injuries they've gone through. If I'm a betting man though, uh, just the odds right now for Vegas, it, you know, he's plus 5,000 to win the award for Kevin love. Uh, Tyler heroes, negative uh, 20,000. So he's, pretty much a lock in to win it. But if, if you want to bet on it, Kevin Love would probably be, uh, I'd probably go with you, Matt, and say he's my second choice to probably, you know, maybe contend for it. We still have one more week left. Who knows? But I think it's still Tyler Hero. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Hero too because, I mean, he base the Heat are just, uh, they have a luxury of taking him off the bench. But, I think once his rookie contract um, runs out and he signs an extension, I don't know that you can keep a 25 to $30 million player uh, coming off the bench, but I mean, we'll have to see. He's still got, I think he got has one more year that he's for sure on his rookie contract. So, yeah, that's a great point actually. Cause like, is Miami going to want to pay him that close to a max contract? you know, to come off the bench. I think at that point you have to pencil him in as a starter if they want to keep him, but I could definitely see him go on to a different team. Yeah, absolutely. His extension would be up to five years, 184 million. And that is a big chunk of change for if they're not going to put him in the starting lineup. So, yeah, I mean, if they will have to see if they did want to do that, want to bring him back on that type of contract, they would definitely have to get rid of, Probably Duncan Robinson, who they paid a lot to. Um, I'm trying to think of some other players that they paid big on. Uh, oh, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, yeah, I don't... yeah, Lowry. I know, like, obviously J- Jimmy got paid a lot too. Um, yeah, Jimmy and Bammer. But yeah, I'm. I think they'd probably lean towards keeping them, but I I know like if uh, they don't want to pay him that much, I know there's some. Teams that are not as good, that would definitely pay him a lot of money. Regular season's ending on the 10th. Um, Let's just take a look at the play-in game, which is going to be played on the 12th and 15th. Uh, So right now, as it stands, in the Western Conference, you got uh, Minnesota playing the Clippers um, in the 7-8 matchup, and then you got the Pelicans and Spurs in the 9-10 matchup. Uh, Matt, is there any team you like out of this playing game to kind of maybe make some noise in the first round against uh, the top six teams in the West? Um, as of right now, I think that uh, I think the Clips with Paul George back could take. Uh, I think they can beat the Timberwolves. As much as I like the T Wolves, I just think that their experience kind of and they kind of have our number a little bit. I think they're up in the season series, especially with Paul George playing. Uh, I think they could also make some noise too, especially against a Grizzlies team without a lot of playoff experience. I think uh, 
considering they went to, took the Suns to two games without um, Kawhi last year in the playoffs. I think I think they would definitely be an upset candidate this year for the. Other than that, I, I mean, if Zion comes back, I think the Pelicans would be a, a tough out for any team. But other than that, I, the Spurs would get swept probably. Yeah, I'm not sure um, if. Yeah, I'm not sure if Zion's gonna come back though. With, I mean, haven't heard any news of him. I know he's been taking some five on five, one on one, what you, whatever. But I don't see him coming back with under a week left, and you're not gonna play him in the playoffs if he's hasn't played all year. So, Pelicans, if they did get Zion back, yeah, maybe they make some noise, but. I mean, they'd have to play Phoenix, which I, even if with Zion back, I still don't think they're beating Phoenix. And then Minnesota and Clippers, I think that that'll be a good game to watch for sure. But the way the Clippers are playing with all the you know bench talent they have and getting Paul George back, Reggie Jackson's playing great, um, Hartenstein's backing up, Zubat's pretty good. It's just uh, it's a tough matchup for Minnesota in that seven eight spot. So I think in my eyes, I see Clippers moving on to play Memphis, and then I probably see Minnesota beating one of either Pelicans or Spurs, probably Pelicans, uh, to play the Suns. Um, just looking at the Eastern Conference real quick, uh, playing game is I think right now they Cleveland's in the seven seed. You got Atlanta in the A seed, um, Brooklyn in the 10 seed, and and uh, Charlotte in the 9 seed. Um, these, this could definitely change um, by next week. Brooklyn's going to probably beat Charlotte, um, is what I'm guessing. If, do you do you think there's any chance that Charlotte has any any say in this game? Uh Probably not. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, especially in a playing game, I don't think they have really anybody that can guard Durant. So I think that even though they won like a week ago against them, I think uh, the Nets would definitely win a playing game against them. Um, I think that even without Simmons, that the Nets, if the Simmons plays, I think the Nets are uh, moved from just being a competitive team to be an actual contender in the NBA for the finals, like coming out of the East. But without Simmons, I think maybe they could win one series. Maybe they could, like, I don't know, depending on who the first seed is, I think like they could beat the Celtics in a series if uh, Rob Williams isn't back by then, which I don't think he will. I think they said maybe the second round, I think. So they could beat the Celtics. I think they could – Maybe beat the Heat, but they definitely don't have near the depth as the Heat. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think Miami might be a better matchup just because they don't... I mean, Bam's not really a true center. He's kind of a power forward that play center. So they are a little bit smaller, and I, I honestly, KD can get his shot over anybody. They do, however, have P.J. Tucker, who played great for Milwaukee last year. So you could probably see that matchup again um, in the first round to give KD a little bit of problems, but it's still not going to hold him back of putting up um, 
anywhere from 30 to 50 points. It's going to be, it's going to come down to the, I think the Kyrie Irving, Kyle Lowry matchup. If they, if they do end up playing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's, that's a tough matchup for Kyrie, but I mean, if anybody can get their shots on anybody, it'd be Kyrie. But I think that, I think the Heat would still probably win the series there. Um, just I, I mean, the Nets really don't have a lot of like consistent role players, in my opinion. With Atlanta and Cleveland, um, I want to get your thoughts on that that game, that playing game. Um, I think personally, Atlanta's um, definitely got Cleveland right where they want them. Yeah, it all all kind of depends on if. Uh, Mobley and Allen are playing. If those two guys are playing, I like Cleveland a lot. I think they have one of the best defenses in the NBA. And um, Garland is just, man, he's a superstar. <laughs> he's been having a great year. It seems like he's uh, he's actually been uh, kind of a lot like Trey Young in, in some ways where he's been shooting uh, good from outside, but also just been racking up assists every game, just throwing lobs up to Jared Allen when he's healthy. And uh, Allen gets some easy assists too. So they also got a lot of depth now too with um, Lever and Okoro and stuff like that. It's going to be a fun matchup to see uh, Trey Young and Darius Garland um, and then throw in Karis Levert as well. So that's uh it's definitely a fun game to watch. Uh, I don't know if I know Cleveland's a good defensive team. I just don't know if you'll see a lot of defense in this game. Um, but yeah, definitely a fun, um, fun watch to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Um, that would actually be a great game, though. Yeah, um, we're gonna take a short break right now, and uh, once we come back, we'll get into um, just uh, some of our power rankings, and then. Um, Also take a look at the playoff standings a little bit more in depth. All right, welcome back in, guys. Um, We're going to get... Uh, talking about the playoff standings, we already touched base on the play-in game and uh, kind of our thoughts on the play-in game. Um, right now, I just want to take a look at the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. We'll just talk about those top six. Uh, right now, Miami has game and a half lead on Boston and Milwaukee. Milwaukee's two seed, Boston's three seed. Both those two teams, all three, te- all three of those teams actually are a lock uh, to make the playoffs right now. Um, Philly's two and a half games back. Toronto's four and a half at five. Chicago is five games back at six. Um, Matt, out of all six of those teams, which, uh, which one of those are you most afraid of to play, uh, either first round or uh, second round? Uh, I would have to go with probably... I would have said Boston until Same. Robert Williams was out, but since he's out, I probably have to. I probably have to go with. Um, I don't know, maybe like it's tough because. Uh, probably, probably the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, probably the Bucks. I mean, you can't really go against the defending champs until someone knocks them off. I think. Uh, 
Did they sweep Miami last year too? Yeah, they swept them. I know it's a different year, but yeah, yeah, I think they match up really well too because uh, Bam's not as tall as uh, some of their guys, and Dwayne Dedman is he's been okay this year, but he's not not gonna go up well against Brook Lopez or Giannis or any of those guys. Yeah, if we see the old Brook Lopez, though, I know he's coming back off injury. Nice. Uh, Started to ramp up his minutes a little bit more, and he's looking a little bit better. Uh, but, I mean, if he can get back to playing like he did last year, especially on the defensive end, and then also stretching the floor the way Brooke does, um, I can see why you would want to go with Milwaukee with uh, their previous um, resume. But, I mean, if there is somebody else that I would like to see contend with them, it'd probably be Philadelphia, just because... You got two stars in, in Joel Embiid and James Harden. Um, their bench is okay. Tyrese Maxey, I like his fit with uh, next to James Harden and Embiid as kind of like that three option. Uh, it really comes down to that four option, playing at the four in uh, Tobias Harris. If he can play better than he's shown me, you know, since getting James Harden, um, if he can knock down, you know, wide open threes, which he'll get a lot of with James Harden uh, and Embiid, um, if he can play better on defense, guard some of those key matchups in like Giannis and Kevin Durant, um, you know, some of those small forwards in that Eastern Conference, I can see Philly, you know, making its case to be one of these top teams in the East. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think, uh, more so the defense fan is probably more on Thibault than Harris for guarding big-time matchups. But, I mean, Thibault is an offensive liability usually. So I think if he can knock down a couple open threes too, like that definitely gives them something that they're not expecting out of him that can help put him over the edge. Um, Harris, you know, Harris has just been up and down all year. Sometimes I have – these random great games where you can never predict which one it's going to be. Right. Yeah. I think it, it, uh, shooting is not going to be a strong point for this Philly team. Um, I, I'm not confident in Danny green. You talked about Thibel, um, cork Maz. I don't want to see any of cork Maz. Uh, this team's going to struggle shooting the ball. So it's going to be a tougher for them. Um, especially if James Harden can't get downhill, um, if Embiid gets doubled, if they run into these problems, it could be an early out for them, possibly. But uh, another team that I like to look at is uh, is Chicago. Um, not a lot of teams are thinking of, of Chicago being like a contender right now, uh, just because they are the sixth seed and they struggle against some of these better teams. Um, but they're starting to get healthier. They got Patrick Williams back. Uh, they got Caruso back, Lonzo Ball. I'm not sure what the timetable is on that. Maybe one to two weeks is what I've heard. Um, but if they can get Lonzo back, uh, I like their chances with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Um, it's just going to come on the defensive end for them. If they can get stops, I think they'll be just fine on offense. Yeah, I think uh, they've definitely been looking better lately with uh, Caruso back and uh, Patrick Williams has been 
he started off a little slow coming back, which was probably to be expected. But he looked good these last two games, so hopefully that's a good sign for them coming up here. Um, I think that if they're going to do anything, though, Alonzo's got to get back. Right. So those are just some of our our top picks for who we think are going to come out of the Eastern Conference or, you know, I should say past the first round. Um, Looking at the Western Conference, though, um, I don't think there's any doubt at number one, Phoenix is definitely – the odds on favorite to not only win the West, but possibly win, uh, win it all. Um, Memphis is at two. Um, they got a five game, six game lead on golden state at three. Uh, Dallas is right behind golden state. You got Utah, Denver kind of battling Minnesota, um, to stay in that, uh, five, six matchup. Um, Who's one of the teams you're looking at to kind of compete with Phoenix um, going into this Western Conference uh, matchup? Uh, I'd say probably the best matchup to compete with them would be probably Memphis, just because they have the size to be able to compete with them with uh, Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson. Um, I also think it's definitely a little encouraging for um, Memphis concerned that they beat them without Jaw and Phoenix had their entire team. Plus, I think Cam Johnson was even back yep. um, for that game. And I think it, it was in Memphis, but still, I mean, without Jaw and having their whole team healthy. And that was also without uh, Desmond Bain and um, Steven Adams, too. So I think um, Memphis would definitely give them the best series probably out of any Western Conference team. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the Warriors are, they're a good team. I just think that's a terrible matchup for them. Aiden sees Kevon Looney and he just sees barbecue chicken. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Golden State, if if the playoffs started right now, they'd have to play Denver. Uh, I don't like that Jokic matchup. I don't, Jokic is going to dominate Golden State. I think that's a terrible matchup for them, especially if Steph doesn't come back healthy. Um, Clay's been playing a lot better though lately. Uh, you just put up a thirty-six uh, point win uh, recently. So for me, I like what Dallas is doing with their team. Uh, Luca's playing really great. Uh, the problem with Dallas is it's going to come down to that front court for them. Um, I don't like having Dwight Powell and and uh, Maxi in there. Um, it's going to be tough because they're going to want to spread it out and, and go small a lot of this time, which could help out, you know, early on in the quarters. Uh, but once it comes down to crunch time in that fourth quarter, it's going to be tough for them to, to get stops. And I think it's going to come down to that, uh, that fourth quarter where they're going to, they're going to really struggle. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, the thing about Dallas is kind of like, you know, it's the same thing as them playing or losing to the Clippers these past two years is that like uh, Luca can have an incredible series, but like the supporting cast just isn't there yet. So they still end up losing the series. I think that they could definitely beat a team though in a series. Like if they, what are they right now? The four seed, I think maybe. Or, yep. Dallas is fourth. Yeah. Four seed. Yeah, I think uh, I think they could win that um, 
that first round series, but I don't know if they'd, they'd probably end up going against Phoenix in the second round. And I don't think they would be Phoenix in a series. No, personally. That's probably worst case scenario. They are only a game back of golden state of that three seed, but at the same time, I don't want to, if, if I'm Dallas, I, that's worst case scenario. Just like I said, with Phoenix, I don't want to play uh, Denver, you know, I don't want to have to deal with Jokic first round. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that like, Denver is kind of similar to um, Dallas in some ways because I think basically their team is Jokic. So if they can like limit Jokic a little bit, then I think they would have a chance. Yeah, because they they definitely have um, the guards to that match up way better than than Denver has. Um, so I think it evens out a little bit because you know Denver does have uh, the front court advantage, but. Uh, Dallas has the backcourt advantage with, you know, Denwitty. Um, they got um, Luca, of course, um, and Brunson. So those three, those yeah. three, I think, are way better than anybody Denver's got uh, in that backcourt. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think they have any perimeter defenders that can guard Luca well. Yeah, no. All right, so now I just want to get into uh, just our NBA Power Rankings. You can find out uh, more about our NBA Power Rankings on our Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be posting those soon so you can kind of get a bigger picture of, of who we have um, as our last uh, NBA Power Rankings are coming out right now um, as we move into the playoffs. Um, just looking at your Power Rankings, Matt, um, you're throwing a little bit of shade on on the Grizzlies at three. Um, I can see why they're below the Bucks and the Suns, especially the Suns. Um, I just think with, you know, you talked about it a little bit, uh, without Ja Morant, they're still playing great ball. Um, they're just a, a great team at this point because, you know, they've been beating these, these good teams without um, some of their best players, you know. Yeah. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, there's a case that you could put them over the Bucks, but I think, like, obviously they're not in the same conference, but I think the Bucks would beat the Grizzlies in the series um, probably pretty handedly, honestly, like 4-2. Um, Is there any reason why you have the Nets there up at uh, number four? Maybe a little too high for them? Yeah, it could be a little too high. I, I I had the Celtics higher on my previous one, but I think, I mean, I think that Rob Williams loss is a pretty big loss in the long term. Like, they, they can definitely still win games. I just think like series, like you can make so many adjustments that, like, it's gonna hurt them. Yeah, that that injury and could be catastrophic. Heat, heat, yeah, I there was a report that he he could potentially come back in the second or round or the conference finals, but. You never really know with injuries, especially with like big men. Sometimes they take a little longer to recover. There was some. There was some Looking good at you, James Wiseman. Yeah, right. There was some good no- news out of it, though. Uh, he did have successful surgery. He's starting to feel a little bit better with it. Um, so that's a good sign if you're if you're a Boston fan or just a, a Rob Williams fan in general. Um, good sign for them. We'll see when he comes back, though. Yeah, definitely a good sign. Yeah, I think uh, especially against like a team like the Bucks, that makes a huge difference with Williams in the lineup if they end up playing each other. 
Um, I'm sure some people might think that I might be low on the heat and six years. I just think that, I don't know. I just have a tough time betting against a Katie and Kyrie team. Um, I know that they, they lost, uh, to the Bucks by one this week and then they lost to the Hawks, but, uh, they're missing three very important guys considering the lack of depth that team has. I think, uh, I don't know. Katie's just he's a tough player to stop. Nobody can guard him. Really, you kind of just got to limit him. Yeah, he had a he had a, he tweeted recently. He's like, if uh, if Michael Jordan and LeBron had to pick one player to play with them, uh, he's like, they would choose me for sure. So I like <laughs> I like that that uh, that confidence out of Katie. He's always had it too, um, but he's he's a superstar, man superstar the only other one yeah the only one oh, the other one that i kind of have I, I maybe don't agree with as much is just the bulls down at 13 below you have them below the wolves and the jazz um i don't think they're that low i still like the bulls as a team i still think they're definitely a better team than the wolves um and then i i like them better than the jazz and the nuggets as well Yeah, I just, I don't know, the Bulls, I'm just not super confident in the Bulls. Um, if if Lonzo is for sure back, I would definitely put them higher. I just think the Wolves and uh, even the Jazz and the Nuggets, they're just, uh, they seem like, I don't know, they just would beat them in the series. Obviously, they're in different conferences, but Bulls haven't looked that great lately, in my opinion. Um, I think Zach Levine's kind of been... Uh, off and on with like on the injury report and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could definitely, there's definitely a case. So you could even put the Raptors higher too, or the Cavs. Right. I'm probably a little bit Western Conference biased just because I think I watch maybe more Western Conference games with the Wolves being in it. Right. So quickly, are there any, uh, any flaws you see in my power rankings? I'm sure there's a couple. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would maybe, I don't know. I think uh, probably the Heat, or the, not the Heat, the Celtics being at six. Even without Rob Williams, I think, I don't know. I think they're a better team just currently just the way that they're playing together than Philadelphia for sure. Even the Sixers, or even the Heat, I saw them, they had that fighting issues like the other week. Um I don't know. The Nets are pretty low too. So what? You're really high on uh, on the Bulls, though. Yeah, I like the Bulls. It was, so what you're saying is is Top you're saying 10. is my power rankings is is pretty much perfect, right? That's what you're saying. No, I'm saying like I have the answer key, and yours isn't too <laughs> far off the answer key. Just a couple, couple tweaks here. Yeah, and yeah. There. Take some take some notes for me then. Yeah, you could honestly make an argument too that like the. Clippers should be higher. Yeah. On both of ours. Especially with Paul George coming back. I agree with that. I think, yeah, with Paul George back. I, I guess I didn't even factor that in. Yeah. I would maybe put him higher now. Right. All right. Definitely my favorite segment. Um, let's just shout out some of our uh, players of the week. Um, I'll go through just uh, mine real quick. Um hurts me to do this as a Timberwolves fan, even though, I mean, Jokic is, uh, he's a absolute baller. 
this year. Probably went, he'll go back to back MVPs in my book. Um, this Nuggets team, if fully healthy with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., would probably be considered to be uh, a contender in the West. But um, unfortunately, those two aren't aren't healthy, and I'm not really sure when they're coming back. I know Michael Porter Jr. had a setback in his, uh, I think, back injury. And then Jamal Murray's, I don't think he's even close to coming back. Um, but Jokic is still averaging incredible numbers for this Nuggets team. Uh, 34 a game, 15.8 rebounds a game, 9 assists on just 4.5 turnovers while shooting a crazy 70% from the field. Uh, if you want to let all those numbers fly over your head, go ahead. But I don't think you should. He's got a staggering plus minus two of plus 55, uh, which is by far the best out of the top 20 scorers in the league right now, uh, at least out of the last seven days. Uh, the next closest is Trey Young at plus 44. But like I said earlier, Jokic is my uh, is my front runner for MB- MVP once again. And for this week, he is my player of the week. Who you got, Matt? Yeah, you can uh, never go wrong with uh, the Joker. Pretty much a player of the week every week for the. Yeah, Nuggets. I've just never chosen him, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine would have to be Giannis. I think um, he definitely showed why he should be in the MVP discussion this week, but with two big wins over the Nets in the Sixers, averaging 42 points, 14 boards, and six assists in those two games, along with his two wins there. I think. Um, you know, a lot of people have already ruled Giannis out of the MVP discussion and made it a two-man race between Embiid and Jokic. But personally, I would probably have him as my MVP this year. I think um, I know his supporting cast is a little better than Joker's, but he's also just, I mean, he's just a, a mismatch nightmare. And he's a definitely much better on the defensive end than Jokic is especially uh, in his help defense. He just makes defense easier for everybody else on his team as well. Yeah, so he, Giannis is my player of the week. Yeah, you can't go and also my MVP favorite. <laughs> wow, that's a bold call. I don't disagree though. Like I think Giannis is definitely in that top three with Embiid and Jokic. I just think the stuff that Jokic has had to do to keep this Denver team afloat. Um, has just been absolutely crazy. It seems like he gets better and better, just like Giannis has in in respect. Um, but he just keeps getting better and better every year. And uh, I could go through all the numbers of what Jokic has done, and you could go through all the numbers that Giannis has gone through, even with Embiid. Yeah. Um, honestly, it just comes down to who you think uh, is is your favorite. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and I. I mean, I. You could probably give like the slight nod to the Joker just because, I mean, obviously Giannis has Drew Holiday and uh, Chris Middleton to help him out, whereas I don't think Aaron Gordon or Monte Morris or any of those guys are really on their level. So, I'd put Jeff Green on that level. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe uh five ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Yeah, just some other players that uh, we could have picked. I mean, those two were – 
probably the top two, but LeBron's been going off. I didn't want to put LeBron in again, especially after them losing uh, the last two games that he played. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's been playing good for the Bulls. Embiid, Luka, Devin Booker. Jalen Brown's been playing good uh, in the absence of uh, of Williams. So, you know, a lot of good uh, scoring talent this past week. Uh, I think we had we had 18 players score over about over 27 a game. So a lot of scoring these last couple of weeks uh, as a lot of these teams are trying to look to get better seating in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. All going for that scoring title too, a couple of them. Yeah, I think LeBron's got it. Yeah, he probably has it now. Before we get into uh, the lightning round, um, let's just uh, look at some of the upcoming games this next week, which will be the last week of the regular season. Um, So this will be from April 4th to April 10th. Um, Unfortunately for NBA fans, there are no games on Monday. Uh, So you get a a day off of watching NBA. Um, Matt, do you see any games on Monday? uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday that you you want to keep an eye out? Yeah, I'd say on Tuesday, definitely the OKC Portland game. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say that if the, if the Lakers win today against, uh, I believe they're playing the Nuggets, this Lakers-Suns game would be a huge game. Vital. Um, on, tu- on Tuesday, it'd be a must win. And then I think... Um, Bucks Bulls game would be pretty good too. What um looking on Wednesday, I think um Suns Clippers might be okay. I don't know that the Clippers. I mean, they could rest some guys. You never know with the Clippers since they can't move anywhere now. Right. But Celtics Bulls could be a really good game too. So a couple games to look out for on those days. Yeah, that could be a playoff teaser between the Celtics and Bulls. So. Definitely a game on Wednesday to take a look at. Um, Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> Looking ahead on Thursday, the Grizzlies-Nuggets would be a great game to watch because that could also be a potential first-round series, first or second-round series. Yep. Um, so that would be a great, seri- or great <laughs> game. Then Celtics-Bucks, if everybody's playing, that'll be a great game, I think. Honestly, I, th- I think they probably will play everybody on that game just because the first through fourth seed are all still up in the air. So. Yeah. They all have a lock in, in the playoffs, of course, but um, if you, I know a lot of these teams are trying to position themselves to play uh, who they want in the first round, um, but that'll be a, a great game to, to keep an eye out on. Uh, Friday... Um, couple games I want to look at on Friday. Um, I do like that Hawks-Heat game. Um, Going to be a lot of scoring in that game. Um, that'll be at 7 o'clock on NBA League Pass. Uh, another game I'm kind of looking forward to is that 8.30 uh, game on NBA TV between the Suns and Jazz. Uh, if, if the Timberwolves and maybe... Uh, Denver want to slide up a little bit. I think that's a big game. If, if the jazz lose that game, that could uh, definitely open some doors for those two teams. 
Um, again, we don't know if Suns are going to rest some players too because they got the one seed uh, all locked up. So it might not be that great of a game, but uh, if everyone's healthy in that game, I think that's a game to keep an eye out on. Um, Saturday and Sunday, the NBA right now hasn't released uh, any timeframes or uh, any uh, indication of where these or what channels these games are going to be played on. Um, they have released who the teams are playing. So on Saturday, two games that I'm looking forward to is the Pelicans at Grizzlies and then the Warriors at the Spurs. Um, Spurs definitely need that game against the Warriors. Um, I think they're, they're a game ahead of the Lakers right now. So if they can get, you know, they got a tough schedule along with the Lakers. Who's going to take that 10 seed? Still up in there. You know, hopefully that'll be a good game to watch. Um, Sunday, which is the last day of the regular season, Lakers play the Nuggets. So big indication for Lakers, Nuggets, Timberwolves, etc. cetera, uh, in the West. Um, and then you get, you get three other games with the Bulls at Timberwolves, Celtics at Grizzlies and Warriors at Pelicans, which, uh, all four of those games on that last day, I think if I'm not wrong, Matt, uh, every team plays on Sunday, I believe. The last day of the regular season. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Um, I know um, every team plays, but some teams are already out of it. So players might already be in Cancun. It could be uh, LeBron and the Lakers if they don't win some games here. Hey, keep LeBron's name out of your fucking <laughs> mouth. He's <laughs> out yeah. today. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate. It's, I think AD might be out too. So that maybe they are trying to take a little Cancun trip, maybe jump on that banana boat again. <laughs> I think AD's playing. He's playing? Okay. So they got a chance. Yeah, he's playing. But they have a chance. Yeah, so those are just some of our, you know, it's last, last week of the NBA. So this is uh, a good tester um, to kind of gauge how these teams kind of want to play going into playoffs time. Um, so just, uh, just keep an eye out for those games this week, guys. We're going to get into, I think Matt's favorite round, uh, of the podcast. We're going to do the lightning round, uh, just multiple choice questions having to deal with our second topic of the day, which was, uh, six man of the year candidates. Uh, Matt, I don't know how, uh, how fresh in your knowledge you have on on history of six man uh, a year awards? Yeah, not not super fresh, but I think I maybe get a couple of these or to at least take some shots at them. Yeah, it's multiple <laughs> choice. So you got a chance at least. Yeah. So with question number one, uh, in what year did the six man of the year award begin? Was it a nineteen fifty five fifty six season? B nineteen eighty two eighty three season? C, 1964-65 season, or D, 1973-74 season? Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say C, 64-65. 64-65? Yeah. It is actually B, 1982-80 three season so in that in that year in 1983 uh 
uh, it was presented to Bobby Jones of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Bobby was in his 10th season in the NBA and averaged 23.8 minutes per game. Uh, and in that season, he won. Uh, he was the sixth man uh, for the Sixers and uh, uh, scored nine points a game. That was <laughs> that was how much he scored was nine points to win the award. Wow. So question number two. Definitely changed over the years. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're 0 for 1, 0 for 1, struggle a little bit. Uh, question, yeah. <laughs> question number two. Who was the first player to win the sixth man of the year award twice in their career? Was it A, Kevin McHale, B, Ben Gordon, C, J.R. Smith, or D, Bill, Wal- Bill Walton? No, I'm going to take a guess and since it's one of the older players, I'll go with Kevin McHale, the Minnesota boy. You are correct on this answer. It is Kevin McHale. Oh, wow. So McHale won it in the second and third uh, presentation of the award in 1984 and 1985. Uh, Kevin was a Boston Celtic. Uh, His entire career from uh, 1980 to 1993, he shared the front court um, of Boston with Cedric Maxwell, Larry Bird, and Robert Parrish. The Celtics won the NBA championship for the 1983-84 season. In the 1984-85 season, they went uh, to the finals again, but lost to the Lakers. Uh, McHale was introduced in the Hall of Fame in 1999. So you're one and one. Dang. Not too bad. Not too bad. Nope. Question number three. Which team has the most six-man-of-the-year award winners in the NBA history? Is it A, Boston Celtics, B, Phoenix Suns, C, Los Angeles Clippers, or D, New York Knicks? Well, since Mikhail won two with the Celtics, I'm going to go with the Celtics, A. Unfortunately, you're wrong once again. (laughs) It is C, Los Angeles Clippers. So the Clips have had five winners, one more than the Suns and two more than the Celtics, Mavericks, and Knicks. All of them uh, have came in the last decade, starting in 2014, and then four more times in 2016, 2019, or 2016, 2018, 2019, and 2020. Uh, The winners in order were Jamal Crawford twice, Lou Williams twice, and finally uh, Montrezl Harrell in that 2020. Uh, season. Okay, yeah, I should have known with uh, Lemon Pepper Lou. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, so, yeah, so you're one and two. Uh, let's see if you can redeem it on this fourth question. Uh, question number four. There are eight teams to never have had a player win the Sixth Man of the Year award. Nets, Heat, Pelicans, Nuggets, Pel- um, Wizards, Cavaliers, and Warriors. Uh, so there's seven right there. Uh, who was the eighth and final team? Is it A, Minnesota Timberwolves, B, Los Angeles Lakers, C, Toronto Raptors, or D, Portland Trailblazers? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the, the hometown team. I don't know if the T-Wolves ever have. All right. That was a good answer. Yeah, so it is the A. Is it right? is A, Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, nice. 
So you went two for two. Um, pretty solid. Um, I do have a little bonus question bad. for you, though. Um, I think this is a bonus question you could get uh, just to uh, kind of get you above 500 in this round. <laughs> um, can you name the two players who have won the six-man of the award three different times? Um, well, I know uh, one of them is definitely Lou Williams. Yep, Lou Williams. That's one of them. Because you, you just said that. Yep. <laughs> and I think... Maybe the other one might also be the Clipper one too, since he won two of them with the Clippers. And I don't know if he won one before that, but I'll just go with Crawford too then. All right. So you're going with Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford. Final answer? Yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, just because I can't think of anybody else. Well, (laughs) I mean, you are correct though. It is Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so I think uh, Lou Williams won it another time with Toronto, I want to say. With Toronto, yep. okay. And I think Jamal Crawford won it with Atlanta one time. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you the credit. I'll give you two and a half out of four. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you gave me half of one of those. Yep. I'll give you half. So you, you finished <laughs> above 500. Great round from you. Um. <laughs> We will post these on our uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. So uh, by this point, you guys will already know what the answers are. Um, But look out for that. Um, I want to give a big thanks to Matt. Uh, Thanks for joining the pod um, and giving your NBA takes today. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Always fun talking about the association. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, leave a like if you enjoyed the content and stay tuned for hopefully some new uh, YouTube content we're coming out with. Um, Again, check out our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels at Shots Aside. Feel free free to send us uh, an email uh, at shotsaside at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or concerns or anything you might want us to talk about in our next episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening to the Shots Aside podcast. Uh, Get ready for uh, next week uh, where we're going to talk about our most improved uh, nominees, Executive of the Year nominees, Jay Walker Kennedy Citizenship Award winner, uh, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion nominees. We'll also talk about uh, who we think will be on the all-NBA teams, all-rookie NBA teams, and all-defensive NBA teams. Uh, Until next time, guys. Peace. Peace.